more than anything is just a horse that won't quit. There's no way he finishes. I owe him the chance. Get up. I'm Tim Finley, and this is To Live With Honor. Chapter 21 The Salute No person was ever honored for what he received. Honor was the reward for what he gave. Calvin Coolidge I coasted my new Dodge Challenger to a stop at the south end of the stables. The gurgling engine went quiet. The tinted windows of the all-black tank rebuked the sun outside. I spent six hours the day before polishing it to the perfection of an honor guard's boot. She gleamed. I adjusted my trail hat just so and turned to Missy. Ha <laughs> you ready for this? My face was all eyes and teeth. I pulled the key thing from the ignition slot thing and fumbled it onto the floor. This is going to take some getting used to. Missy exited the car as I toggled every little flippy switch thing on the side of the seat trying to slide it backwards and then excavated the little pear-shaped kima-jobber from under the seat. I ran to catch back up with her. Is that too much carb for you, babe? Nah, just a bit of learning curve. I may be dumb, but at least I'm slow. It's my most redeeming quality. I tipped my hat and winked. Come on, there's a racehorse in a stall over there. I want to wish him good luck. Bet 120 bucks on him. I walked like an honor guard into Arlington for the first time, tiptoeing on sacred ground. Dutch doors lined the east side of the stable, as we turned the corner from the south end. Horses hung their heads out the tops of the doors, basking in the blinding sunlight. Missy and I carried on in conversation that spurred a laugh from her. He must have recognized it. From the shadow of a window, five or so stalls away, a mammoth brown head burst forth. A quarter-sized white star shimmered on his forehead. He swung his head beneath the snappy action of swiveling ears. Honor guy! His head bobbed as I charged for the stall. I skidded to a stop and raced my hand up and down his face. I dug through my jeans pocket for a small packet of Skittles. Is sugar considered performance enhancing? Honor latched his teeth to the sleeve of my jacket and tugged. Here, give me your phone. I want to take a picture of the two happiest men on the planet. Her words hit me harder than they should have. They repeated over and over as she took the photo. My world quaked below in the mantle. I gazed out over the track and the lush grass. The sensation of presence was overwhelming, but I saw nothing. I checked shadows and crevices, listened for dead whispers, but I saw no faces and heard no voices. I squinted against the midday sun, it blared fortissimo light from a solar trumpet. I regretted forgetting my sunglasses and yet drew a comfort from it. I looked back at the expressive horse over my shoulders, with happy ears. We weren't just alive. We were whole, unbroken, and thriving. I smiled back at him. I looked at Honor as a body of work for a moment and saw a horse in a stall.
Let's go up to the grandstand and get a program. You ready? Yeah, I'll be right there. I just, uh, just want a minute with him. She walked back to the car. I remained with honor and spoke in hushed words. I know why you're here now. I know what you are. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be your honor guard. And as your guardsman, I'm glad I never really had to salute you. Love you, honor guy. All right, this is it. <laughs> A dangerous grin widened my face. Enough time waiting installs, my man. I'll be the one waiting today, at the finish line. If death rides a pale Arab, then I gotta believe that life rides a Blood Bay thoroughbred, named Honor, right? Now go out there and take a lap back from that son of a bitch. I offered him a fist bump on the nose and an impish grin. I stepped back from the stall and came to the position of attention. I raised my right hand up my center line to the brim of my hat and held it. Godspeed, honor guy. I lowered my salute and walked away. I turned back to him. I stopped, much as I had at the auction house just two years prior. But this time, when I looked over my shoulder, I didn't see blackness, and I could see the living thing in front of me. And he saw me. I clenched my jaw. Run. Worst? Seriously? I thought David had someone else in mind. Yeah, well, I guess that guy was obligated to some other race either before or after ours. David said this kid is pretty good, though. I think he'll be fine. <laughs> Just so we're on the same page here, we have a $100 slaughter auction thoroughbred dressage pony named Honor, who by some miracle of science or otherwise isn't dead or crippled, owned by a guy who knows shit about horses, trained by a quarter horse trainer, being ridden in his maiden race by a jockey named Worst. No, I'm actually perfectly okay with it. In fact, if I knew he was an option, I would have intentionally tried to get him. She giggled as we walked toward the circle parade area. This off-to-the-side portion of the complex included a miniature circle track about 50 feet wide with a partitioned loafing barn where horsemen fixed tack and jockeys mounted their charges. This area provided spectators an opportunity to view the horses up close and watch as the teams embarked on their trips. I set up my camera and tripod as we waited for Honor to walk in from the stable. The daily program had Honor slated to be the five horse, meaning he and his jockey would be wearing green. For this race, Honor wouldn't be able to wear his personal silks. I looked to my right as jockeys filed into the circle, bright colored silks flashing against the sun. Cody Wurst, a taller, lanky jockey, with a rugged brow and earthy toughness, trailed the group. His mess of dirty blonde hair flapped in the breeze. He carried a chippy blue-collar aura about him. I remembered the auction. I remembered the people there and their stories. He was perfect. Cody! His head snapped to the left, and his deep, hard eyes found mine. My eyes angered to a mirror image of his. Everything he's got! Let him give it! His expression remained stern, 
He said nothing and just nodded. Horses flowed in from behind the barn, right to left, right to left. A memory flashed. The autopsy doors opened, left to right. They rolled in as husks, right to left. They came out as decorated heroes. In numerical order, the horses paraded once around the circle. Horse one, horse two, horse three. A parade of horses. I had seen a parade like this before. The odors of sweat and feces filled my nose as darkness shrouded my vision. I sat in a corner seat of an auction house. Broken, fearful horses tripped through a metal doorway as vampires cackled along the lower rows. Sweat pooled on my temples as my stomach bubbled. I clenched my fists and screamed, but the scream projected no sound and my clenched fist sat idly at my side, helpless in this vision. The black-eyed demons rummaged through carrion remains of abandoned and hopeless horses. I looked down to the floor at old dirty gym shoes. I heard the metal door open again, and a faint rumble. A cold drop of sweat fell in slow motion off the tip of my nose. A flash of brown and black jarred my mind free and yanked my focus back to the stage. The haze of filth parted as the shadow of a horse cut through. Light spilled in with the force of a bursting dam. Horse five came walking into the circle. I remembered a dingy colt left for dead. The sun glistened off his pristine coat. Muscles rippled along every contour of perfectly formed frame. His mane fell with grace to the left, trimmed and glossed. His one sock radiated. I knew this horse's name. The ground shuddered in respect of each heavy step. He moved assertively, powerfully, fearlessly. Honor towered over the field, tallest by half a hand, and boasted a warrior's physique. The handler walked him around the circle, showcasing him for the specimen he was. The two came around the near side of the circle. Honor's eyes fell upon Missy as they rounded the corner. Honor stopped and yanked the handler off balance as his head lurched skyward. His ears latched onto us. He nickered. I remembered the little girl at the auction with the tippy cup, and I laughed. No handler swung an angry crop against him. Honor stopped because he chose to. The handler pulled against Honor to regain his attention, but Honor's give-a-shit switch broke years ago. An equine traffic jam piled up behind him, and the other horses grew antsy. Honor, go! You're embarrassing me! Honor relented and walked away by his own volition. She turned to me, blushing. Look, Mom, I'm a racehorse. Just like his owner. After completing the circle, each horse walked into his respective cubby, where horsemen tacked up the horses. Jockeys inspected their steeds and familiarized themselves with their rockets on loan for the next six furlongs. Cody approached Honor and donned his green helmet and blacked out goggles. The handler coaxed Honor a few steps out of the cubby, offered our worst jockey a quick leg up and in a single motion a once dead horse became a race horse honor's body buzzed with voltage and shelves of muscles shuddered like tectonic plates 
His legs bounced as he pranced sideways, somewhere between an exaggerated trot and an anxious walk. Honor's eyes flickered against the sun. Or was it the sun? I looked at Missy and smiled. I hope he's got a good grip. I hope Honor realizes the race doesn't start until the gate opens. We walked to the grassy area adjacent the track. I set up the camera next to the finish line. From my position, I could see the starting gate, but because of the infield marquee, I couldn't see anything of the backstretch, and only the last half of the turn. Honor carried Cody on coiled springs around to the starting gate on the far side of the track. Even from afar, it was clear to see Cody wrestling with him all the way to the gate. However, what was also clear was the moment Honor saw the chute open. They say a horse knows. The ominous feeling of presence tapped me on the shoulder again. No faces, no voices, just there. I shot quick glances around the park, looking for the shadows, but no shadows existed. Even the areas not receiving direct sunlight were a glow from light reflecting off everything. The crisp air tickled my nose, and the scent of blooming clovers and freshly cut grass drifted through the park. The sky was an unbroken banner of blue, with not a single wisp of white. The marquee lit up with the horse numbers and their odds. Horse 5 read 99. Honor's odds started at 99 to 1. Better than usual. Did you bet on him yet? Yeah, 10 bucks. Of course... On principle, I've already bet a lot more than that. This is just more of a formality. Yeah, I figured 99 to 1 was a pretty safe bet with him. You sound like a proud racehorse owner. Well, I am proud of our guy. And don't let this go to your head. But you were right. I didn't believe it was possible. And for that, I'm proud of you. You saw what no one else could see. And I'm not worried. She tiptoed tiny paces close to me, nuzzling her cold nose against mine. She lifted the brim of my hat and kissed me through a smile. You're a hero, Finley. I looked up, and the odds had settled on horse number five. Thirty to one. I aimed the zoom lens on the camera toward the starting gate. I watched as skittish horses danced with frayed nerves behind the gates. All the horses, that is, save one. One horse stood with sage focus. Horse five. Look at him. He almost looks like Ned. Horse one, loaded. Horse two, loaded. Three and four bristled beneath their jockeys and tossed their heads, but they loaded. Missy squeezed a cold, sweaty palm around my free hand. Stay calm, Honor. He led with his left foot, his dead leg. While his legs broke free of their pedestal, his ears remained stony and fixated on the metal doorway before him. 
the handler shuffled the stoic bay through the gate and honor iced in place. The remainder of the field, another five horses, piled in one after the next. Prior to the final horse, horse six melted down and flailed in the chute next to honor. Missy's hand cinched vice grips down on my knuckles until they cracked. The air thinned, leaving us with shallow, labored breaths. I swallowed non-existent spit from a dry mouth. Honor's ears didn't even twitch. He does look like Ned. I brought my right hand up to the shutter button on the camera, slow, as if not to startle Honor from over a football field away. Jangled nerves squeezed my lungs silent. I couldn't hear Missy breathing either, but I could swear I heard him breathing. He was breathing. We stared out across the racetrack infield to the starting gate. The April afternoon sunlight twinkled against it in a spectacle of stars. The brisk air chilled the sweat collecting on my temples. All ten horses within the gate stilled. Honor was still. Missy and I were still. The background rumble of the universe fell silent for the first time. A whisper shot down with the sunlight, like crackle before lightning. You still live, Honor Guard. Have you ever seen a miracle? Ever felt its breath on the back of your neck? Smelled its puddles of hemorrhaged hopes? Have you listened to the way it quakes the ground? Ran fingers over the scar? Have you asked the cosmos your question? Did you have the courage to listen? What is honor? What is honor? A horse cares nothing about his scars. He runs because he can. The gates crashed open. Blackness. I stood alone, apologizing to a colt backed into the corner of his stall. A dissonant concert of terrified animals cried out with the percussion of metal gates and latches. A muffled auctioneer rambled on behind the blackness. I made a promise, the only promise I had left. I kicked dust as I dragged my feet toward the door. I turned back to the stall. The colt vanished into oblivion light years away. A single glowing bulb dangled overhead. I couldn't see him. A rainbow of colors exploded from the cage. Innumerable legs spat chunks of earth, spinning, swinging, slashing, and reaching against the open lane of chance ahead of them. The shockwave of metal-clad hooves shook the ground at my feet, rattling its way up my skeleton. Four hooves in the den belonged to honor. Somewhere amid the chaos, snarling in a fray of competition and chance, I had a horse in the race. I sat alone on a couch, bent forward, fetal. The sharp odor of whiskey mixed with the scent of gun oil. There were no walls, no windows, just the couch, the glass table, the bottle, a phone, and the gun in my hand. There I sat, a failure, a quitter, and a promise breaker. Stunned, I dropped the gun atop the table, embarrassed and sober. The collision of metal on glass made no noise. I ran my hands over my uniform chest in confusion. 
The phone flashed alive and shook. At first, the phone made no sound, but then began a crescendo into a deep, thundering quake, far meatier than a tiny phone on glass should make. It was the rumble of orbiting planets, or a brigade of charging cavalry. I leaned forward with scared eyes to read the screen. The rumble, it said. I lunged to answer. Frenzied horses smoothed into a pace. The field approached the portion of the backstretch shrouded by the marquee. A few seconds later, and I would lose sight of them. I struggled to see honor in the blurred details hundreds of yards away. The announcer babbled noises through shoddy speakers. The noises quieted for several seconds, and then... Latin honor has speed. I snapped my eyes to Missy. My expression twisted between disbelief and hope. Missy's eyes gaped with nervous laughter. She locked her fingers in prayer against her lips. Our hearts dangled in the sunlight as ten horses vanished behind the marquee. And I vanished with them. Ned stood before me, towering over a lake of grotesque stained ground. The dense mist boxed in sound. I fell to my knees, broadsided by the stench of gore puddled across the grass. Vomit choked in my throat as the odor reacted with stomach acid. I twisted my head to the right. Through the haze, I watched a sullen woman coax a blood-drenched dying horse around a barn and toward an open trailer. A pendulum of shredded skin and flesh swung from the horse's chest. He dragged a lifeless leg. A man at the trailer door screamed at the horse. Anger distorted his face. He was afraid of something. The horse marshaled its strength and leapt into the trailer. What did he say? The rumble returned. Louder. Out of sight behind the marquee, Honor shot past the second furlong pole as Cody crouched atop him. Honor paced the leader in third, a length and a half back, too wide off the rail. Since the gate had flown open, Honor ravaged open ground, with nothing in front of him except well-groomed earth. There were no fences. Seven horses scrambled to keep up with the hulking bay. Only one horse, though, one invisible horse behind him, concerned us. Honor devoured track in fifth gear, a gear he celebrated, but the lanky leprechaun straddling Honor's back had done something Honor never had, raced. By the second furlong, Cody understood the power beneath him. He knew Honor had more. Honor knew he had more. Cody squeezed the handle of his transmission shifter, the crop. He slammed the clutch to the floor and ripped the shifter back against Honor's left rump. Honor shifted gears and scaled wings burst from his shoulders. The smell of rain hitting hot asphalt crept under the visor of my wheel cap. I knelt in front of a little boy seated in a metal folding chair. The triangle flag resting atop his lap made his legs look even smaller. His eyes sparkled tearless and unmoved. I knelt alone with him, motionless. My white-gloved hands rested atop the folded stars. Red splotches dotted the knuckles of my gloves. I felt them there, all of them. My men floated just beyond the walls of nothingness. They watched in silence. Death left the boy behind, but a hero left him with a chance. I heard my own words whispered. 
heroes don't take chances, they give them. The boy smiled. Drawn into the false reality, I smiled back. The funeral mock-up vanished into a black vacuum. I remained knelt, but my ceremonial uniform was gone, replaced with jeans and a t-shirt. White gloves were replaced with layers of blood. Where the boy had sat now lay a horse, still and hardly breathing. Tears broke free from my eyes. That was the moment I gave up on him. You still live my spine shivered. I swung my vision into the nothingness, left, right, and up. The voice came from nowhere and everywhere. You still live on our guard. I stood, spinning and sweating with frightened eyes, in what had become a space of nothing but sound. The roiling rumble gave a deafening backdrop to the resurgent voice. The universe shook. I saw the image of the emblem on the back of Honor's silks. You still live, Honor Guard. Nitrous sprayed from a fire hose into Honor's combustion chamber. His chest glowed with pulsing inferno. Heartbeats smashed wild like timpani drums. Kerosene blood coursed to every heaving muscle fiber. Adrenaline spun his legs into a blur. His hair singed away to reveal brown scales, and his ears hardened to rigid, curling horns. Hooves split in three to form razor talons, viciously ripping chunks of track away beneath him. Blue cones of flame puffed with each snarl from his nostrils. Somewhere behind the marquee, just entering the turn, a dragon challenged the impossible. The eleventh horse, a pale one with black silks, lagged furlongs behind, anemic and starved. Babe, you okay? Her voice brought me back to the sunshine. Huh? Yeah. I shot anxious eyes to her. You're sweating. She put a hand on my arm as the announcer mumbled horse names in the background. Nervous. I just want to see him finish and be okay. I know. Me too. He'll be fine. Is this crazy? Were we crazy to do this? Am I crazy? Her delicate smile mixed with a breathy giggle. Honor lives to run. We were crazy to ever put fences around him. I, I don't care if he wins. It's in the effort, not the achievement. The words fell out of my mouth. It's in the effort, not the achievement. What is? Honor. Again, she stepped to me, pecking me on the cheek while squeezing my forearm. He already won. And he knows it. They say a horse knows. Thunder spilled around the left side of the marquee. With it poured a tight bundle of horses streaming into the turn. I leaned into the camera trying to pick out a green jockey among the waves of brown. No such luck. Where is he? I don't know. I can't tell. I strained to pick out audible words from the speakers but heard nothing of honor. The pack reached halfway through the turn, shades of colors and dark masses shifting beneath the sun. Anything? No, I can't see. I grew impatient. My heart bore down against my sternum, threatening to crack it open. He has to save himself. I grimaced in frustration through the viewer. My fingers shook against the lens as I fiddled with the focus. Goose flesh bubbled at my toes and crawled up my legs. Pinpricks poked at random pores across my back and neck. Clammy with icy sweat, my fingers slipped across the focus adjuster. The rumble grew louder. I pulled my eyes away from the camera. A glimmer of light reflected in the grass to the left of the track 
as I stared down the blob of brown on the far turn. I squinted against it and returned to the camera's view window, but the image in the window didn't show a group of racing horses. Instead, still frames of events going back years, years even before Honor, flashed into the view. They spun by at the speed of thought. The rumble grew louder. Image after image spooled by. Polished boots, one fold. A promise, two folds. A man on his knees, three folds. Tears, four. Blood on white gloves, five. A failure, six. A man and a horse in the shadows, seven. An honor guard rising from his knee, eight. A horse in a stall, nine. Blood, ten. A horse rising to his feet, eleven. A gate opening, twelve. A horse in the arena, thirteen. A running horse with a scar, fourteen. Stars aligned in a perfect final fold. Sweat streamed down my temples and into the scruff of my cheeks. The rumble grew louder, still louder. The group of horses tore through the remainder of the turn. The goose flesh reached my lower back, itching and clawing its way under my jacket. I jerked my head back from the window. The same sharp reflection in the grass to the left of the track blinded me. I held up a hand to block it, wincing through the glare. I buried my face back into the camera. My shoulders and neck tightened, fending off the compulsion to pull back away and look. I forced one last urgent stare down the barrel of the camera. Tim? Missy's voice hung like a feather on the breeze. No, miss, I can't see... Oh my god. The timing clock on the marquee stopped counting. From behind the rail, the first strands of black waving mane flung into sight. The neck to which they attached crept out from the mystery. A burly chest punched soft earth with iron hooves. I saw the scar. I saw his eyes. Wildfires roared in their serpent slits. My vision ejected from my body and rocketed into the mind of a horse breaking into the homestretch. I saw what he saw. I felt what he felt. I knew what he knew. I looked down the vacant track as hooves motored beneath me. I saw a stupefied man to the right of the finish line in a leather hat. A beautiful blonde curled tight beside him. Pride burned the way supernovas burn. I saw a finish line with nothing in between. Honor led. Oh my god, Tim! He's winning! I chilled to an icicle as my vision returned to its rightful owner. What had been the slow creep of goose flesh now shocked my entire body. The windows of heaven shattered open with a blast of shredding guitars and drums pounding to the beat of his hooves. The field emptied into the stretch as Honor fumed in a duel with a horse to his left. He ran furious, willing his heart to beat faster, to beat harder. His ears pinned tight against his head. Nose and nose, punch for punch, Honor warred against his competitor into the final dash. The home stretch. The home stretch divides the champions from the also-rans. When muscles fail, when lungs burn and hearts seize, 
It is the force of will, the fire of passion that forges legends. Talent, genetics, and training gimmicks all fade into background noise. All that remains is courage and grit. It is there, in that window of blood and sweat and dust, not the winner's circle, that honor glows white hot. Cody reached back for the crop one last time to squeeze the best out of honor. The crop slapped against his rump. Honor stuttered to his right. No! Terror shocked my entire body. Missy's hand crushed my fingers. Honor's shin had bucked. The nightmare overtook reality. The dragon persona vanished. His right front leg softened. Horses accelerated past him. Honor faded to the middle of the track. More horses shot past Honor to the inside. No longer a fire-breathing dragon, Honor showed the face of a vulnerable horse in pain. Cody raised off his back to pull him up. 300 yards separated Honor from the finish, with only his left front leg to carry him across the line. His dead leg. Each stride could kill him. The pale horse accelerated. Oh my god, Honor, stop! Tim, he has to stop! He has to stop running! I know, but what do you want me to do? Throw a fence in front of him? Cody stood in the stirrups and pulled hard against the reins. I remembered every time I yelled at Honor to stop running. Stop running! Seriously, stop! Stop running! Stop running! Honor, stop! It may not be what you want, but if you let him do what he wants, he'll tell you what he can and can't do. I will never ask him to do something he doesn't want to do. My jaw shivered, mustering strength. I saw a perfectly folded flag. We were alive, with a chance. Ancient emotion boiled steaming pressure against my diaphragm. Every muscle in my body yanked against their bones and my breath exploded. RUN HONOR! Change step. Honor's ears flattened, his eyes lit with rage. He swapped a flying lead change to his left and slammed his mouth into the bit. Honor rejected the reins and lurched back into the fray. Fury unbridled. The glaring reflection 200 yards to my left returned, twinkling against the sun as if moving. I stared through the glare as Honor came racing toward us. The glare grew brighter. I held a hand up to block the blinding light, bemoaning for getting my glasses. Still brighter, the flickering light washed out my view of the approaching stampede. I relented and looked toward it between my fingers. The flashing mirror moved along the ground toward the railing as if hopping. No. Stepping. The light rested in the grass adjacent the railing as the surrounding shape took form. It was black. 
pitch black. How could something so dark reflect so much l- A boot. It was a boot. The glare abated as the shape materialized out of the sunlight. Up from the ground, the boot gave way to sage green trousers bloused into the boot. The image became opaque as slow seconds ticked away. Like the pants had, a jacket took form. Ribbons and medals twinkled in the sun. Gold stripes glowed on the sleeve. A powder blue rope circled the right shoulder. Mass continued to organize out of the sunshine, upward into a thick neck and a stern face. A tan beret flattened against the right side of his temple. He was a ranger with polished boots. His box jaw jutted from his neck beneath sun-kissed cheekbones. A determined brow fell atop his nose, shading deep-set eyes that cut across the track. I knew that face. I memorized that uniform. But as I saw it, it was not how I remembered it. He was whole and vibrant, uniformed as I recalled, boots as I made them, but his eyes. He was awake. The ranger stood at attention against the rail. I gawked as my face turned ashen. I looked to the right. Honor thundered to almost even with the ranger. I looked back to the ranger and froze. I stood outside Port Mortuary in the rain. I brought a flared hand up my center line to my hat and held a salute as the ranger went home in a Cadillac hearse. I made him a promise. It was my duty. right hand, raise, as Honor reached his position along the rail. The ranger flared his hand into a knife edge, raising it up his center line and touched his middle finger to the corner of his eyebrow. He held it there as Honor raced past. Another shape stepped forward from the sunlight. It was a marine, tall, dark-skinned, white wheel cap resting over his hidden eyes. He saluted, then another this time on the opposite railing, then another, and another. The formation of perfectly whole men came to attention and pulled strong salutes to their foreheads. seven, a dozen. What started as a trickle burst into waves of uniforms. Twenty, fifty, a hundred, one by one, by the ripples, they brought salutes to bear as a living, breathing, rampaging horse named Honor rocketed past.
The roar of Honor's hooves called the command of execution for the salutes. 150, 200, 300, a litany of all types of uniforms, ranks, ages, and decorations stood at attention as Honor scorched toward the finish. Shall I play for you, on my yeah. 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 Three hundred and eighty-seven. I knew them all. They were my three hundred and eighty-seven. Each a folded flag. My breath spasmed to choppy emotional chokes. My eyes cracked and bled every fear and regret I'd never need again. It was the dead saluting the living. Heroes alive in the chance. It was honor breathing impossible fire. Miracles aren't designed to save the world. They are tailored to reach one heart, one existence in the chaos at a time. Honor blasted past them, but he had to know they were there. He had to know they were always there. I turned to Missy and adjusted my hand around hers. I told her I loved her with touch. We stood at the finish line, laughing between sobs. She squeezed my hand as we both held back tears. Honor pummeled the earth through the pain without a single misstep. He chewed up ground, passing two horses in the final yardage. I looked back down the rail. The men, the ranger, they were gone. The tears. This all ends. Honor. The horse who should have been dead. The horse without a chance. The impossible. The miracle. Rumbled. The ground beneath our feet. As he crossed the finish line. Behind him, atop the marquee, a flag danced in the sunlight. Unfurled. As honor passed, I didn't salute. Honor guards salute the dead. In memory of Captain Russell B. Ripito, Alpha Company, 3rd Battalion, 75th Rangers, a hero who lives forever in the chance he left behind. Hey,